Hi, I'm Jameson Newlander, Alan Frog from The Lost Boys, and you're watching the Frog Brothers Podcast. It's refreshment time, folks. Are either one of these any good? Do you like scary movies? I don't watch movies. I have to return some videotapes. You have a TV? No. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. I don't need a TV. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the fucking truth. Over 1,600 titles. Each for rent at just $2 the first night and only a... Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Okay, I want channels 18, 24, 63, 109, 87, and Weather Channel. Welcome to the Frog Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Alec. Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of the Frog Brothers Podcast. Woo! 94. Who's keeping score? I'm Justin, that's Alec, and welcome to the show. So, uh... Got a fun little news item, a few news items today to chat about. Um, number one, which, you know, is timely because it happened today. Josh Whedon being a fucking narcissistic asshole, basically. Victim blaming everyone when he's been a fucking asshat. And that's really all I have to say about that. Like, I really don't give a fuck. I'm just like... I need to get that Forrest Gump quote. Uh, he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah. Speaking of assholes... I had to leave some Ghostbusters groups yeah, on uh, Facebook because they were bringing out the mean, evil person I don't want to be. <laughs> like the stupidest fucking shit that people are posting on there and they don't fucking bother like writing. Yeah, everything you're doing is bad. Or trying to they attempt anything at writing with punctuation or anything like that and it's just like the dumbest shit. Like I was being an asshole to some guy the other day and you know he's trying to argue with me and I'm like god damn I could just fucking literally destroy you, you right suck. now yeah and I even made some memes and I was like yeah I'm not even going to share that it's not even Holy fucking worth shit. it and I'm just kind of waiting for the casual fan that and it's not even like just the casual fans cuz there's plenty of fine casual fans it's it's the fucking stupid lazy people and what I mean by that is everyone gets in these fucking groups when a movie gets popular, no matter if it's Star Wars or something else, and they just ask stupid fucking questions. They're too fucking lazy. Like, ask that question to fucking Google. Use the search engine. <laughs> like, are you really that fucking ignorant? Like, you can do all that research yourself. I just feel like Ian Malcolm. You know, he's like, and uh, you didn't do any of the research, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. So I had to I had to leave a bunch of those groups. So it's no offense to the many fine people in some of them. It's just the casual, uh, casual ignorance of it all that I'm just like I don't have the fucking mental capacity for that right now. Yeah, I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So we're just gonna focus on doing our own thing. I'll just be leaving those. Now that said, there's still some great groups out there. They're doing some fun stuff. Obviously. YHS group therapy. I'm still kind of hanging around, and I haven't been posting there much. But there's not a problem at all in that group. That group's no. fine. Yeah, it's it's good. And there's a couple of build, like Ghostbusters prop building ones that I still follow mostly because there's some really good information in there. But even some of those like make me cringe so hard when 
Because they're arguing over, well, that's not screen accurate and shit, too. Well, it's not even that. Like, people go in there and ask the same questions every day. Like, you, you do realize that Facebook has a search function, and you can search for the 30 fucking times someone else has asked that in the past month and go from there. Yeah. Instead of just going in immediately and asking, it's just like, it's just, I don't know, it's just been wearing on me lately, and I feel like I've been an asshole. And I don't like being that much of an asshole. I like I like to be a joyful asshole, not like a fucking misanthrope <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I, um, I was banned for, to- by an admin, I was adding an admin from Ghostbusters Worldwide, like a month and a half ago. I was banned from that group for arguing with them about something, I don't remember what it was, something pointless. Um... I don't even remember what it was at this point, though. But either way, I finally... The group appeared, like, to me again. So I was like, oh, I'll join that one again and uh, see what's up in this cesspool. Yeah. And uh, one of the first posts I saw was another admin post. Um, I won't reveal the guy's name. Sort of a... Popular, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Some people would know who I'm talking about if I mentioned his name. But either way, this gentleman made a new post and uh, was like... Uh, basically, we get it. You you like lo- you hate twenty sixteen. Answer the call, and then right under that, we get it. You like Ghostbusters. Answer the call or whatever. I think I just called it GB twenty sixteen probably. And then made a whole thing about like we we let a lot of stuff slide in this group and basically like fucking mall cop power tripping in a cesspool of neckbeards in this group specifically. Everybody knows this is one of the trashiest groups. That's why I joined it, because it's fun to watch train wrecks. The shit posting, watching the shit posting can be fun, but it also just takes its toll on, like, what the fuck's wrong with all you people? I basically pointed out to him that he was wrong. I was like, this, this, you can't equally blame people who like the movie for liking a movie. Yeah. Uh, they're not starting this shit. They're not, they're not even the vocal majority by any means, so... Uh, just a whole thing. And I ended up getting kicked out of that group again, which is fine. Because that was the goal, basically. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I know. <sighs> it's fine with me. It just... Uh, what they... They just want one-sided bullying in, in some of those groups is essentially what they want. Yeah. And I get it, right? It's It's basically mostly white males over 35, so God forbid you have a different opinion than them. And if you do, fuck you, you're wrong, and they don't like you, and they can't stand you. Yeah, and that's so much of what almost any of these fandom groups are, right? Especially right with the nostalgia, nerd, you know, nerd stuff going on, pop culture stuff going on, right? It's not just Ghostbusters; it's Star Wars, it's other things. But... Oh yeah, I mean, even in the Lost Boys group, a lot of people just do nothing but talk shit on the uh, sequels, yeah, and the remake that hasn't even happened yet. You know, they were saying they were saying some shit about um, the new Lost Boys movie, basically like. It's going to be woke garbage. I mean, this and that, and they're going to have multiracial cast, and I'm like, oh my God, you say that like it's a fucking bad thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You're and, like, they and, do live in California. Have you, you been there? It's you diverse. They've only cast two people so far, and they're both white boys. Yeah. And I, I mean, that might be me generalizing, because they both look like white boys. One of them might have something else in them, but... I mean, generally, they both they both look like white guys to me. I'm familiar with one of their works, not the other. But either way, I don't care. Cast David as a black vampire. I don't give a shit. 
Hispanic vampire, whatever cast, else. Cast him as something. a gay black vampire, and I would watch the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... We'll just wait and see how it is, like, right? I mean, yeah. it could be good, could be bad, but I don't know enough about it to have an opinion about it. I mean, I'm not going to be like, you you ruined my childhood because you remade a movie. I'm not going to pretend that I think it's going to be great by any, or, or anything, but, like, we'll see. I haven't seen anything but literally a cast, cast announcement. That's it. There's no poster, there's no teaser, there's no word on any other cast. I, I went back and did a, a search, search for it the other day just to see if there's any news on it. And aside from that September article or press release, there hasn't been anything else on it lately. That's the thing. There might not, it might not even move forward. It could end up canceled. Who knows? Yeah. You just never know. Either way. I mean, people just want to, and no one's going to make you watch it. That's the thing. People fail to realize, like, you don't have to go and criticize that. And that's what, you know, when I realized I was being a major asshole, I was like, why am I letting people ruin my joy? I'm like, I don't have to fucking put up with any of that or deal with that. I don't even need to take my time to reply. I can <laughs> just keep my opinion to myself. And some of that, right? That's what this is for. Like, I'll tell my opinion here because you're here to hear it. Well, yeah, like, I I don't need to be in those kinds of groups on Facebook, those Ghostbusters ones. The only reason I would be is because of Ghostbusters Afterlife, but that's coming past. <laughs> yeah, that's basically where we're at with it right now, right? You know, like, I can jump out of those groups, the movie's out, and then, like, all the stupid theories of people that clearly haven't rewatched the other movies, like, trying to tie stuff together, you're like, there are so many books, podcasts, Instagram accounts, every fucking legit answer to your questions is out there if you're smart enough to know how to use a search engine or the search tool on any social media platform to find what you are looking for. I don't know. It's the questions like, um, recently, I saw a question in one of the Ghostbusters groups. These are the ones that bother me sometimes. That aren't related to hating on Answer the Call, because that's the big bothersome thing. It's just like, alright, you're sharing a meme that has literally been screenshotted so many times that it's pixelated to all fucking hell because no one knows how to work a phone or anything. Yeah, none of those people actually, they screenshot it instead of just resaving the photo, which you can do. Uh, Newsflash. abilities. And then they probably have the uh, low image profile like button saved on their mobile device to save cell data. And you're like, no, high image quality is an option you can turn on. Oh, my God. I know. Fascinating. It even has a watermark. <laughs> oh. um, that looks pretty much watermark. it when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, the Moon Knight trailer dropped, though. That looks pretty cool. Cool. The trailer didn't tell me enough to be super excited for it, but I'm going to watch it still. Uh, I'm excited just to see some new characters and stuff, right? You know? So I think it's a good casting choice. Yeah. And this... It, and I'm not very familiar with Moon Knight, so, I mean, but based on the, the trailer we saw, it looks like he's almost kind of an anti-hero or has conflict in his life to make him not want to People be. People say he's closer to Batman than an anti-hero. He's a little more dangerous, but not quite an anti-hero. Okay, okay. So that's fair. I mean, I, I can appreciate that, though. Someone fuck you up a little bit more on purpose than A, li- a little people. unstable might let things go. Yeah. I can feel that. I Somebody's mean, arm might get broken in a fight. I don't know. Hmm. Fun stuff. Yeah. Dead air. Need that Danny well, DeVito. Dead air. Hey, I've been rewatching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's so good. There's so much good stuff on there. Yeah. People don't understand the satire of it all. 
Anyone listen to the podcast? What podcast? The It's Always Sunny podcast. Uh-uh, I haven't. Is it pretty good? Yeah, it's just the Glenn, uh, Rob, and Charlie, and oh, they're really? talking about the episodes in order, but they also just bullshit and stuff. Oh, so they get to you like the behind the scenes? Well, yeah, awesome. like one of the episodes I just watched or listened to is like, they're only on episode 14 or 15, and it was, they weren't actually talking about an episode, they were talking about a... Hey, this is a podcast you're listening to where I'm talking about a podcast and what happened in that other podcast that you could also listen to, which you might have, actually. But either way, they're basically just talking about how about Rob almost got into uh, fist fights outside of In-N-Out because people were trying to cut in line and he had his kids in his car with him. Oh. And they kept trying to cut in front of him specifically. It was this whole thing, but... Very funny, typical shit that you could see them doing. Yeah. Uh, so... I don't really have much else in the news. So do you want to do the top five before we jump into uh, well, our movie for the night? I guess I'll just show off these horror socks. They're still in package. But Walmart has these for fans of horror movies and fancy socks. Yeah, Walmart carries a lot of those types of socks. I have some uh There's some classic. Scooby-Doo ones I almost bought. but I had some classic Avengers ones and some Infinity War ones that I have. They're pretty cool. They're very thin, though, so... Yeah, they're more like my chilling socks. Yeah, if you're just hanging out or you're wearing like a dress shoe. But they're wanna... good to wear under a pair of thick socks when it's really fucking cold out too. I've been wearing that and makes those boots yeah. come here. Yeah. And uh, anyway, there's a pair of the new Pennywise socks. There's a pair of Jason Friday the 13th socks. There's a Tim Curry It Pennywise pair of socks. Uh, Exorcist pair of socks with Reagan on them, a Freddy Krueger pair of socks, and a pair of Annabelle socks. I don't know why Annabelle's just kind of forced in there. Again, probably just a rights thing, but hey. Uh, it's And it could be just be the fact that it's a mix of new and old to get all the horror fans, I guess. I like that, though. Like, look at... <laughs> it's yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty fun. I enjoy Walmart and 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks for that compared to going to, like, Spirit Halloween and, like, Ten dollars or twelve dollars a pair of socks that are not much higher in quality or yeah. thickness. So yeah, I said thickness. You like the word thickness? It's okay. I can do with it thickness. or without it. You like the word girth? Not to be confused with Garth. Well, we don't have a theme song for the rankings, but uh, oh yeah, shit, we don't. Theme song, theme song, theme song for the rankings. We're gonna rank a motherfucking thing. We are gonna rank the Scream movies. Uh, each of us has a different list of this, uh, but they could end up being the same, I, I guess. But I don't, I don't know. There'll probably be a couple off. But uh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and if you want to hear us talk about Scream Five specifically, uh, you can check out our Haunted by Tapes review that coming soon. And we also have a Haunted by Tapes talking about. The original Scream, so check that out. Yeah, check them out. Have a listen. Uh, what's your number five? Scream 2. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Why is that? Um, Why is that the worst one? Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> He's really... I hate him too. I fucking can't stand him. Like, And there's other things like I watched, like I've seen him in where you're just like, whatever... But in this movie, he seems like a fucking 45-year-old man, like, trying to play a college student, and he's not funny. He's good in Stand By Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what I said. That's about it. Um, not really impressed with him in there. Um, I mean, the killer being 
you know, the mom and everything. You're like, okay. Yeah, but that character didn't get enough backstory. They, they like, tried to randomly throw it in there. Well, they tried to shoehorn it in at the end without ever giving you... There wasn't enough development for her. Well, I get it that you can't really... And same with the other killer. Uh, Yeah. All of Fantastic, whatever his character's name is. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant, yeah. All of Fantastic. And he's... He's pretty good in there, but... He's, yeah, he's pretty good and weird. He just I don't think they gave him enough to do and not enough lines and stuff. But my thing is, like, he The freaky feels... Tarantino film student? Mickey, that's his name. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it just... That's the worst one just because there's some of it that just... I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it's boring or it's just, like, so close to being so much of a rehash of some of the original stuff. Now, there's a lot of good film references in there, but still, there's five movies, and it's not like I... There's not one of them I'd be like, oh, I can't stand to watch that ever. Like, clearly, I, re- I rewatched all these for the new movies. So. Yeah. Well, my number five, as of right now, having seen it once, is Scream 5. Okay. Um, I enjoy all of these movies, but if I'm trying to rank them on own, what is the best film? Um, The fifth one is definitely down there. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair reaction. But that could swap with my number four or two at any point, probably. And yeah. it might, honestly, because I've seen it once, so we'll see. And the interesting thing, I feel like it goes with a lot of the sequels that are coming out now, you know, legacy sequels, whatever you want to call it. I feel like there's just so much, it's new, so you're really fascinated with it, but you don't really necessarily stop to critique it properly, right? You're just having fun. And I get it. The whole point of a movie is to have fun with it, but... Yeah. That being said, my number four is Scream 5 because while I loved the fucking kills in that movie, the kills this the kills in this were some of my favorite just as far as the gore goes, the shit they got away with. Um, the special effects looked great, very practical. I loved all that. That's what I loved the most about that film was that. And mm-hmm. then there's other things in there you're like, Wait, so basically you just remade Scream 4 with different killers? Because that's so much of what it is. Like, it really felt like... It felt like there is a different draft of Scream 4. Basically. It's very, very similar and very kind of drawn out with the way they're trying to reference the sequels and, and some of the other stuff going on there. It was much more on the nose in this one. Scream 4 was much more subtle about it. They weren't like, we're doing a requel and... Which yeah. we're not going to spoil that here for you, but... All right, what's your number four? My number four is Scream 2. <laughs> okay, so we're pretty close there. Pretty close there. Yeah, again, those two could swap depending on how I feel about it next viewing. Yeah. But yeah. Scream 2, I, I like it a little bit better simply because you do have a little bit more of Randy and the film school aspect. I like that. Um, There's locations I like in that movie better. I like... But overall, I just had more fun with the kills in 5 than I, I had like Mickey. the kills in 2. And the idea of the killer being Billy Loomis's mom is interesting. I love how that's like a psycho. It's lifted directly from Psycho, kind of. And like that whole concept there, I love how they're able to reference that. And fun little fact I didn't know on that. Originally, when Kevin Williamson wrote that, he had like a five-page treatment for the second movie. So he could immediately sell it as a franchise and say, hey, I've already got ideas on where to go with this. So when he wrote that, he already kind of had that idea. Nice. Uh, well, what's your number three? My number three is Scream 3. Um, Scream 3 is fun. It takes place in Hollywood, so I love how there's some things there, which... That's the coolest part about it to me. 
I love the film sets for the stab movies in there. That's why I like it because it has all those like, like Sydney's in recreations of her bedroom and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's kind of tripping her out a little bit. Um, obviously the, I like the new cast that represents the old cast. Yes, and the fact that they're at the party there and they're like, "Oh, you're the real person to this," and there's kind of some mockery going on with that. Yeah, I felt that really worked in movie. And kind I was of gonna say that was out. actually a good thing. Before we move on too far, that Scream 2 did, which was uh, introduced the stab ideas. Yes. The idea of stab being a movie in the universe and then just taking that further. Sure. Further, but either way, it's introduced in Scream 2, so there you go. All right, so what's your three? Uh, Scream 3. Okay. Uh, I've always liked it a little bit more than two, and it doesn't, again, these, none of them are great, but they're fun, and... Um, Scream 2 wasn't one I saw as a kid. Scream and Scream 3 were. So that's probably another reason. I saw Scream 3 as a child and it didn't scare me. I was like 11 or 12 and it was at the point where I was like really getting into horror movies for the first time. And I was like, ooh, shit. And I enjoyed Scream 3 and, um, the cheesiest aspect about that one is the voice thing modulating and just being able to replicate other people's voices and stuff. Yeah. But every... I think each one of the sequels has something that's just like, oh, this is stupid. Don't do that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so my number two is Scream 4. Yeah, same. I really felt like that was a, a pretty fresh take on it. There'd been some time since the other movies. And 11 years? Yeah. 11 years is a long time to be like, hey, we're going to do another Scream. I remember everyone was like, oh, fuck yeah, cool. Yeah. And then you brought the entire cast back, and you basically did what they just did again. But better. Yes. Much with, better. Um, Besides the kills. Like I said, that's the that's the thing I'm lo- loving about 5 is the kills. I still like some of the kills in 4. I mean, just to be yeah. clear. I liked the aggressiveness of the killer in the new one. Like, basically, yeah. it was a lot more brutal and, like, quick stabbings and lots of stab... Like, fucking Julius Caesar level of stabbing shit. Yeah. Um, But the th- fourth one has excellent new characters. And I... I when I was watching this movie, I didn't know who was going to be the killer. I was still like, hmm, it could be one of these film geeks, but, like, you don't know. And then it ends up being uh, Rory Culkin and, uh, the, I can't even remember her name, Jill, is that her name? Uh-huh, yeah, I think so. And that's another relative of Sydney's, Yeah. which is a little bit cheesy, but I don't know. It works in the context of the movie, because they also, like, you have a young woman killer, which you hadn't had yet. You had an older woman killer in the second one, but... yeah. And then the third one only has one killer, which is interesting. But all the other movies have two. Yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, interesting choice. I like how they change it up, or at least they try to make it unpredictable. Yeah. but uh, And I think, to me, that's another thing that works so well in Scream 4, is the first time you watch it, yeah, you don't really know who the killer is. And let's face it, Kirby is an excellent character. Yeah, she's great. Um the other character, like, Gale is better th- in 4 than 5. Dewey's better in 4 than 5 because you can see him at the top of his game. He's fucking Sheriff. Yeah. And then the introduction of the other Sheriff, who or a deputy, who's then the Sheriff in 5. Like, that's cool to see because she was in uh, Planet Terror and Death Proof and stuff. Yeah. No, she's great for the action movies. And so... <sighs> um. There's some good stuff there, but yeah. Obviously, that leaves number 
you know, Scream is number one, which is just obvious. And um, I've seen a couple people not rank it number one, and I don't know what they're smoking, but I want some of it. Yeah, I don't know. How do you rank something number, you know, not rank the original as the number one? Unless it's so low budget, you know, that you're like... Well, I don't know. What's your favorite Back to the Future? Is it number one? Probably is now, but when I was a kid, it was number two for sure. Yeah, I loved the visuals in number two a little bit better just because there's some more interesting things going on. Yeah. And it's not that the visuals going back in time were boring, but... And obviously there's the whole evil Terminator and Alien or the Evil Dead stuff that you could debate. But again, my favorite's Terminator and Alien in those cases. But it's just because I like horror more than action, which is what both of those first ones were versus the second. Yes. And Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2... And it's not even by a fault of its own. I saw Evil Dead 2 long before I saw the Evil Dead because it was easier to get. Yeah. Evil Dead, for a while, was a hard thing to come by. And so I remember like when they finally started kind of releasing sets of the first two and then everything else, you're like, oh, okay, there's some cool stuff going on here. So, yeah, very rarely, though, a few exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Which is funny because they have a you know discussion about sequels in Scream 2. So Yeah, they, they talk about, well, that's the thing they do in all these ones. They kind of have their rules sequence. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they also talk about sequels or whatever the current thing is. Like the third one, they're talking about how it's a trilogy, which mm-hmm. they decided, nope, with four. Yeah. Like, and like I said, like, there's no reason the whole requel thing or anything should exist because of four. Four did it better and it did it 11 years after Scream 3, which is how long you did this after Scream 4, so... Uh, Either just, way. It's weird. Know, it's it's a strange concept, for sure. Because there's so much retreading, but at the same time, there's some fresh stuff in there that you're like, okay, it's kind of... Some of these sequels get convoluted in the fact that you're trying to break out moments, and like I feel like you Fuck can make... Two really good fucking sequels if you took some of the comments and dialogues and or concepts and dialogue from some of these and like actually kind of broke them down. See, I don't want I don't want anything broken down because I like having multiple things. I like there being oh no four. Well, now there's five screen movies that I'm gonna watch. Yeah, because even if I think it's not a very good movie, I still had a decent enough time and I enjoy the characters and genre, so I'm gonna watch it again. You gotta love like a, a good fucking horror movie marathon, right? And part of the love of the horror genre is they don't usually get better story-wise, but the gore and the background shit sometimes gets a little wilder. So Yeah. And you got to appreciate that. When, when there's a lots of them, like Friday the 13th, you know, like the best one, that ain't the first one for me. I ain't the second one. I ain't the third one. And I think most people feel that way. Yeah. Uh, but then again, most people wouldn't place number eight really high on their list, and I would. Yeah, when we all have our own <laughs> reasons, right? So, for sure. Anyway, that's our ranking of the Scream movies. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into our film. You know what I just watched? Me pulling a can off some morons' fist. Return of the Jedi. Did you see Alien? When that uh, creature was in that guy's stomach? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You ever seen that really old movie? Uh, Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony. Welcome to Retro Release Reviews. Tonight, 1998's The Big Lebowski. Hell yeah. Coen Brothers. 
It's a good one too, man. You forget how good this movie is. I mean, I don't, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a good movie, but every time I watch it, I'm like, God damn, that's such a good movie. Well, it gets better with more viewings, for sure. All the little shit you start catching on to every time after that and just kind of going from it, so. Watching it for the first time, depending on your age, I think, is is the thing. Um, I watched it at a young age and did not get it and was not having a good time. I was like, these characters are not cool looking. Yeah. I'm not here for this. Yeah, you know, you got to be at a point in time where you can like really appreciate the sloth. Okay. Right? It's scary how I'm basically the dude now. In my life. Look at my hair. <laughs> I think it's your both, lifestyle. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know. It's depressing because I go to the store and buy like a single can of like ice cream or something and basically write a check for 69 cents for it. Yeah. And you've got a fucking rug in your living room. So yeah, I was thinking about that too. I was that that rug ties the room together. Yeah. That fucking rug ties the room together. Um, This opens up with uh, the tumbling tumbleweed song, which it's a dope song. And that um, badass voice intro by Sam Elliott. Yeah, like Sam Elliott narrating and also playing the stranger at the bowling alley bar. Yep. Um, it explains it's like the early 90s. In the early 1990s. Sometimes there's a man. The only He's reason the man my voice... for his time and place. Man for his time and place. My impersonation's much better tonight than it normally would be because I was at the Chiefs game last night yelling my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> What a dork. <laughs> um, he's picking half and half. This is what I like because he's drinking white Russians. Yes, and he's smelling it all to make sure it's not rotted, and he's like opening them clearly up. He's These like, are subtle things that like you got to watch it a couple times to understand the, fully the character. Like when you watch it for the first time, you're, you don't know what he's doing. But now when you watch it back, you're like, yeah, he's he's making sure he gets the white, the right. Uh, he wants the right. Uh, creaminess to fat ratio right for his white <laughs> Russians right you he's know? making sure it's fresh and he doesn't give a fuck and that's the only thing he came out for you can tell he was drinking or smoking at home and was like oh damn I ran out of half and half yeah and obviously Jeff Bridges is the dude can't forget John Goodman um, is this your favorite John Goodman role this has got to be top three John Goodman roles for me I mean, if we did top five, it'd definitely be on there. I don't know if it's number one. I'd have to think about it and look at some roles, but it's, I think that needs to happen there. sometime soon because that's one of his best characters. Yeah, it's one. I mean, everybody. It's pretty iconic. Um, I mean, his say, character and the dude are both very quoted. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to say that I don't love arachnophobia, but he gets so much more screen time and, and has so many, many more quotable lines. lines so right. So well, yeah. I mean, um, the Flintstones. Like, come on, though. That's pretty yeah, good. That too. <laughs> that too. Julian Moore. Which, uh... Jesus, she was in her heyday there, wasn't she? Um, Steve Buscemi, of course. And, um... One of Julianne Moore's co-stars from the year before's Jurassic Park The Lost World. Uh... Peter Stormore plays one of the nihilists. The nice. main one. Uh, the one okay. that's the cable guy. In the porn parody thing. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, John Turturro obviously is the Jesus. Yep. You know who I always forgets in this? Is Tara Reed plays Bunny Lebowski. I'll suck your cock for $1,000. Which is so funny because it's like... Brent can't watch or he has to pay $100. Yeah, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's classic. 
Fucking gold, man. It just shows his range. It does, man. You go from like Twister to his range in this, and then like Mission oh. Impossible Three, is it? Yeah, dude, he's all over the board. He's the best villain in that uh, series to me. Still, like, damn. Yeah. Um. Sometimes there's a man. Oh, damn, lost my train of thought. Exactly. Um. I love the sixty-nine cent check though, because this is where he's also listening to George Bush on the TV give the talk. This aggression will not stand. And um, then he gets home and uh, is quickly attacked and his head shoved in the toilet. And I, I love this scene because the guy, the other guy's tearing his apartment apart, mm-hmm. looking for the money, presumably. And he's asked, "Where's the money, Lebowski?" And uh, my favorite part is when he's just like, "Oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look." Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Like, you know, you just, like, fucking just get this shit over with, yeah. right? Uh, you, I don't, I'm sure anyone could relate to that, right? That's uh, the classic, like, stoner. Dude, I just want to chill with my life. That's all I want to do yeah. right now. Like, just... Or someone that's been through some shit. You're just like, fucking get it out of your system, man. I've Like, I've been beat worse than this before. Fuck off with that. Yeah. Um, and I like how he takes his sunglasses out of the toilet and puts them back on. Yeah. Shakes the water off them and everything. Yeah. Um, classic. And then he pees on the rug. At least I'm housebroken. Yeah, that's a fucking great line, isn't it? And they realize, isn't Lebowski supposed, supposed to be, be a millionaire? millionaire? Yeah, and he's not. Oh, man. Does it look... <laughs> what the hell is this? Obviously, you're not a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fucking break that tile. And that tile breaking that, is so perfect. It's I so know. great. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see like a behind the scenes of them getting it to just break that one single tile and like that drop because it looks so perfect. It pisses me off too, doesn't it? Like it's so just, perfect. It if is. If you had annoying. a tiled bathroom, it'd be like that. Would the thing that'd be the thing that would just fuck it all up and make it look ghetto as hell. Just one cracked tile like that. And and for me in real life, like if that happened to you or me, it would break four fucking tiles. So you'd have a full fucking shattered four pieces because it wouldn't fall in the middle of one perfectly. Yeah. So. Um. Uh, and then they're talking about it at a bowling man, and then like that's when you get to meet yeah. Donnie and Walter. So don't call me Walter. Sorry, that's a son-in-law quote. Yeah. And he's like, "Man, we we can't. You got to draw a line in the sand, man." Yeah. He's like, "Not putting up with this shit." And that's where they say about four hundred times they say, uh, "That rug really tied together the room. Yeah. Tied the room together, man." Yeah, they're going on and on about it. Uh, Jeff Bridges says the word man one and a half times per minute on average in this movie. And I think the words fuck is also said over 250 times or something. Um, Because it's used very casually. Like, uh, I'm, like I use it. Yeah, you don't know anyone's fucking name. You don't remember anybody's name. It's every man or dude or whatever. Right. Prosky, well, you know, like there's so many of them now. <laughs> Um, I like how he says, you're like a child that wanders into a movie and wants to know what's going on. Yeah, he's yelling at Donnie <laughs> the whole time. You're not part of this conversation, Donnie. Yeah, he calls it unchecked aggression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Unchecked aggression. Well, you Asian American, go- please. Yeah. Well, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and for a fucking Vietnam vet, that's actually pretty woke of him. Right. But so then he proceeds to call him Chinaman again. Yeah, I know. Um, it's that, like, when you're in, like, a good state of mind, 
and then versus like a bad state of mind and like people are saying like their true self is coming out again like i shouldn't be saying that um but you did oh and then he's in he, he goes there and he meets uh lebowski well before he meets lebowski he's talking with um philip seymour hoffman's character brant but was that after we saw Jesus, though? Because that's the whole market of zero? No. Is that? Okay. That's not that. There's, like, several times where they I bowl. did a shit job taking notes, so... They bowl several times. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, hell, they bowl and pull the gun on the other guy before that. Um, oh, yeah. I like the Times Man of the Year mirror, and he's just like... He looks at it and realizes it's... A, mm. You know, just that subtle thing. It's funny. Yeah. I need to get a mirror like that. Oh, that'd be a good one to have in the house. And then he's telling him about the rug, you know, and he's like, are you employed? Do you actually go out looking for a job like that? Yeah. And, like, um... Well, the whole intro, and he's like, don't call me Lebowski. He's like, it's the dude. I like how he's like, "Is that? do you go out looking for a job on a weekday like that? And he's like, is this a week? What, what well, day what is this? What fucking day <laughs> is this shit? Yeah. And then, um, this is where... One of my favorite, like, s subtle jokes, but, you know, he was watching the Bush thing while he was writing the 69-cent check at the thing, and he says, he says to this guy, uh, this, this, this will not stand, man. This, uh, this aggression will, will not stand. <laughs> yeah. Quoting George Bush on the yeah. rat crisis shit. Yeah, when he's pissed about it. <laughs> and then I love when he leaves there, and he's like, and, you know, Brant's clearly down the room, like, way down the hallway, and he's like, hey, he said, yeah, take it, what, any rug you want. Yeah. Which is fucking genius. I love it. <laughs> yep. Takes it home. Yeah, and then they, they fucking help him load it into his shit-ass car. That's so great. Later, he's laying on it, smoking a J. Yeah. Like, just laying back with roach clips and shit. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, this is where we saw Terry, and she says, I'll suck your cock for $1,000. Yeah, she's painting her toenails, and she's like... Significant but insignificant in this movie, if that makes sense, right? That's how the whole plot is, basically. I know. She's just, she's, you don't, she doesn't need to be in it much. She's just kind of there just to set precedence that there actually is that person, but she's not as important as you would think. <sighs> well, that's the thing is none of the stuff end up, ends up being true or important, so it's ridiculous. It's just kind of like this thing that he gets caught up in for a short minute in his yeah. life. And I love the, uh, no, he doesn't care. He's a nihilist. <laughs> yeah they keep referring them as the nihilists and shit it's amazing um then they're back in bowling and he's brought the his ex-wife's dog with him oh yeah and they give like, him what is this and he's like it's a little pomeranian i love like, the speech he fucking he, gives the dude though because yes, he's, he's so like, fucking on point because he's like, the dude's like uh the, you brought the dog bowling he's like no i didn't bring the dog bowling i didn't, I didn't him fucking shoes i'm not buying him a beer he's not taking your turn yeah i know i love it it's so the good dog's got, he's like why could you just leave it home he's like the dog dog has stress the dog is a show dog you cannot get stressed it'll lose hair the dog has papers okay dog has fucking papers i love that because that's some conversation shit we would talk about right right <laughs> but like he's not I, taking if, if i had an ex-wife well you don't have an ex do you do you dude <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, that shit gets me. And then, that's basically when it happens with the guy... Yeah, the guy... Stepping over the line. Yeah, the, that's a foul! Mark it a zero. Yeah. Mark it an eight. Mark it a zero. I'm not the only one around here who cares about the fucking rules. In the Vietnam! <laughs> yeah. He goes off on Vietnam and uh, the rules again. 
Uh, he's so fucking great in that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I like how when they're, like, leaving, the, uh, cops are showing up and they're getting in the car. Oh, they have no casually. idea. Yeah, they're just fucking hanging out, co- having a conversation while the cops are storming the place. And Some the dude's losing his shit here. and he's like, calmer than you are. I'm calmer than you are, dude. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, he's just like fucking taunting him. That's that's some real shit people do and say. But you know people like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I've met them. And, I've probably uh, been that person a time or two in my life for sure. <laughs> Calmer than you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's talking about you can't talk to guys like that, man. He's a pacifist. He's like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh well, I did not know that. Yeah, and then whole... he gets called in basically by the other, the real Lebowski, the big one. <laughs> well, he's getting all those voicemails, right? So he's first off skirting the fucking phone calls. He gets the the he's bowling dancing around on the rug, basically. Yeah, he gets the voicemail from the bowling league, like, "Uh, we heard about an incident, and uh, we're looking into it." And then like the Lebowski's trying to call him, and then he's like, "Hey, we're not really mad about the rug. We really just want to talk to you." Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, he's like, fuck you, I'm not answering your call. You're not taking my fucking rug. Fuck you. Then he goes back there, and he's led down this music, uh, this hallway with the dramatic music and stuff, and he gets in there, and he's staring at the fire all menacingly, the the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call him, I guess. He's Lebowski. He's Lebowski, the dude. Yeah, well, we'll call the dude the dude. And- exactly. Uh, so he, I love the scene, though, because he just starts, like, going on a monologue, and he's like, you might have a spark up a J. And I'm like, yep, that's me. Yeah, you're like, hang on. If I got to listen to some shit, I got to get my mindset around this. Um, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to get that as a sound clip, too. Yeah. And um, it's the only thing I care about, my bunny. Strong men also cry. Yeah. <laughs> that the pair of testicles. Yeah, what makes you joke? Remember? But maybe you're right. <laughs> it's a it's a conversation, all right. Um, let's see where are we are. Suppose at you here? want to get me me to get to the point. Yeah. Well, he's talking about getting to the point of helping him with the. Uh, yeah, I mean, then then he. Tells him all that shit and gives him the beeper and whatever else. All kind of off screen. Then they're bowling again. Mm-hmm. This is where the Jesus is, and he's telling about how he's a he's a petter ass or whatever he says. Yeah, fucking likes eight year olds. Or he exposed himself to eight year olds, And he's got a. He had to go when he moved over here. He had to go knock on everyone's fucking door and tell everyone he's a petter ass. <laughs> and I like uh, the conversation he's having, comparing him to Vladimir Lenin. And he's <laughs> Donnie's in the background, like it's like what Lennon said, man. And he's like, "I am the walrus." <laughs> and he says it like three times before John Goodman, you know, Walter's just like, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie." Yeah. Vladimir Lennon, not John Lennon. <laughs> I think that's one of like the best little fucking easy Steve Buscemi roles, right? You know, he's just so fucking casual in this, and he looks so goofy and out of it. Yeah. And um, you get the classic. One of the most popular lines at this point, just because it's a meme. Uh, the, well, uh, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
And then he's home and smoking weed, just laying on his rug. Yeah. And gets knocked out and has to has his first interaction with Julianne Moore's character and stuff. And uh Oh yeah, and she comes in doing this fucking flying Jackson Pollock style painting. Yeah, that's a whole weird scene. They wrote such a fucking crazy character for her, too. And she's like, I find a lot of men have a hard time with the word vagina. It's like very... What is, she didn't say it's vaginal. But she's like in the vulva or something else. I'm like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to make him uncomfortable. And she clearly tells the dude doesn't give a shit because he's like just kind of saying things back casual. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. on. Yeah. Cool. Vagina art. I get it. Yeah. It's pretty like a butterfly. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, then they do get the call to do the money drop thing or whatever. Yeah. And then, then that goes sour with the phone call in there. Mm-hmm. And because he, Walter insists on going along, basically. And Walter can't shut his fucking mouth. Yeah. So that goes fucking wrong, and that's a whole fun sequence. The I like the chucking of the briefcase out. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, he throws the uh, cell phone, the mobile phone case out instead of the fucking actual briefcase they think has money, which they don't even check, which is great. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is where I stopped taking notes for a minute. Oh well, obviously Goodman jumps out of the car and rolls and like fucks himself up, and then they oh, realize yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we go back and get it, we go back and get it, and you're like, no, dude, <laughs> and he's pissed. Like, what am I gonna tell him? So that was fucking classic. But seeing John Goodman roll out of that car was amazing. Then, is that when they go bowling and the car gets stolen? Uh, I think that's close to that point. I think they go, the car gets stolen. Um, Shit, I should have taken some more notes around this spot. Because mine jumps ahead. Yeah, let me jump in here and see a few things. <laughs> this is a terrible review. No, it's fine. I mean, really, we don't have to do the whole breakdown of it well, bit they, by bit. Some of that stuff, it's confusing about what order it happens in, but I remember it all, so. Well, just when you look through, right? And then you, you do realize, um, you know, that he meets the pornographer. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Treehorn and all that. Yep. Um, That's an interesting little bit. He's getting. He gets checked out by the doctor too. Yeah. So that because she wants to get pregnant by his ass, which yeah. is a whole weird reveal. Because she's like, it helps, whatever, more chances of pregnancy. And he's just like, what the fuck? Oh, that's after they fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, well, she's asking those questions earlier on, right? And like, trying to figure it out. And she's like, Bunny can't do any of that. And then you circle back to her. And she's such a strange character in there, but she's great. Yeah. And then. um you're allowed to be that crazy and eccentric when you had just money to be rich. Yeah, and she, and then you find out from her that she's in charge of her dad's, or her mom's estate, because her mom was rich, not her dad. Yeah. And so she had taken the rug back from him, misunderstanding, right? And so, you know, they kind of developed that bond there. Yeah, and he's like, what are you doing, yoga? She's like, no, it actually helps with insemination. And then one of the best things, and a lot of people forget this, at the very end where they, uh, Sam Elliott sitting there telling you the whole speech and finishing up the story. After, yeah, the Dudabuds, the Dudabuds. You know, a lot of people just kind of tune out from there, but he goes on to say that there's another Lebowski on the way, so he clearly got her pregnant. (laughs) 
So that was one of the things I'd never noticed or never put a lot of thought into until this viewing. And I was like, oh, shit, that is great. Yeah. So. I do like the scene with uh, they find the homework after they get the car back, right, from the police. And then it's yeah. Larry Sellers. And they find the Larry Sellers address and shit or whatever. And it's the fucking, it's a fucking six, 15-year-old kid or something. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and... Uh, and Walter's it, a big fucking fan of the author whose son it is, and, like, he's obviously in a fucking iron lung in there, and, like, you see the whole thing going, so it's really awkward with the cleaning lady or caretaker. I'm not sure who she is, but... Um, yeah, but him smashing the car, man. He goes out there, and this is what happens when you try to fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. Yeah. This is what happens, Larry. Yeah. Do you know what happens when you try to fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry? This is what happens. And he just like basically repeats the same kind of yeah. phrases over. Then that guy comes out, I just got that car a week ago. Yeah. I just got that. And he goes and fucking breaks Lebowski's car, the dude's car. And he's so pissed. He's like, man, like, that's, that's, that's not, that's not his car, man. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's, that's obviously one of the best scenes. I mean, it's fucking hilarious. Um, they do such a good job of like every time you think you know where the movie's going, like it just doesn't. Yeah. I forgot to mention when he's chilling at Julianne Moore's place and talking about how some of them were in a German band for a while and it's like, like a Kraftwerk album cover parody, basically. Mm-hmm. Makes me laugh. Um, yeah, then they get attacked at the bowling alley by the yeah. nihilists at mm-hmm. this point because they still have the money. There was no money, and they've realized this, but the other people don't realize this. Yeah, they're, well, they they may have realized it, too, but they're still pissed. They're like, well, it's not fair. Yeah. That, some of the dialogue's yeah, great. Yeah. Those nihilists, that fight is amazing, though, because, like, the dude just kind of, like, barely kind of getting around things, and then Walter just goes fucking ape shit. Yeah. As he, well, as he slammed the fucking toolbox in the one guy's chest and just beats his ass, you're like, God damn, that's brutal. And, of course, Donnie has a heart attack and dies. Yeah, like, did you get your shot? He's like, no, there weren't any shots fired. He's like, I think it was a heart attack. Which leads to another fucking hilarious scene. And, you know, they go in there and they're at the um, the funeral home and they're basically, $180 for the little fucking wooden box? Well, he's like, well, sir, they range from $180 up to 3000 And so he's basically like... Flipping out about it. Oh, fuck, get a fucking a, Folgers can for this motherfucker. Yeah, is there is there a fucking Ralph's around here? And if you haven't been, there's Ralph's is like a grocery store chain. It's in California. So, um, obviously, the next thing you see is the fucking coffee can of remains, and <laughs> then they go to fucking like pay tribute to Donnie, <laughs> and the fucking ashes just go everywhere, man. That's one of my favorite scenes um, because I just like the dark fucking humor like this. Because oh yeah. It's only funny because it's happening to someone else. Yes, like, <laughs> this happened to somebody, and this is why it got written down. Yeah. Or, like, someone else told a story that told a story that, like, phone gamed it, and, you know, it became... Funny, things that happen with people's ashes are fucked up, but funny. Of course, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're dead, you're gone, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so when they see all that and he gets all pissed... Hell, when I'm dead, just dump me in the fucking litter box. Yeah, when I'm dead, throw me in the dumpster. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Throw me in the trash. Exactly. And that's a that's a pretty funny fucking scene. And kind of closes off the movie shortly after. What what happens right after that? Uh, you basically 
kind of see them back at the bowling alley and like the dude looks pretty pretty normal he's even got his bowling league jersey on or shirt oh yeah on that's that right night. that's right he has the fancy shirt on in that one and his hair looks like it's been fucking done or something so i don't know like he's changed but he really hasn't exactly uh, you know it must be league game or league it counts for league <laughs> so it's a league game league game man um Just yeah. the whole fucking premise of this movie going around and like, okay, so she kidnapped herself, which is... No, she didn't kidnap herself. She just left town. Yeah, I and know. And then the nihilist used her used kidna- to their leaving herself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is just hilarious. But it's also the other people who are looking... It's a whole fucking thing. But it well, doesn't... The plot, like I said, is not even what matters because it's kind of just... Well, no, it's just Wish, funny wash. because it's like a, a half-assed like, detective movie where even when that private eye comes up to Lebowski and he's like, hey, man, I really enjoy your work and like how you're doing this. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I think yeah. that was a great little scene. And just her being ditzy because I love the scene where like Lebowski sees her drive by in the car and like I don't think realizes it even, right? She goes driving by and she just skipped town or doing her own thing. So everyone's assuming it's like a bigger deal than it really is. Yeah. And the absurdity of that is amazing. Once they realize, like, there's no money in that briefcase the whole time, like, so we threw out a, you know, <laughs> we threw that out and literally basically did what they did. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <clears throat> it's one of those ones that's worth uh, rewatching a lot. I mean, it's one of the most rewatchable movies out there just because it it's funnier every time. Genuinely, like, I... I had to kind of rush through the ending today just to be able to cover it because I was slacking. Like, we only decided on the movie pretty last minute, so. Yeah, last night. I didn't have a lot of time, but I made it work. And I've seen this movie enough that we kind of could make make it through it, so. Yeah. Oh! The dude abides, man. <clears throat> yeah. I uh, genuinely feel like the dude, though, with my, like, long hair and, like, the way I'm dressed at night when I'm just chilling, I'm like, oh, shit. If there was a movie that exemplified who you were as a human, that'd probably be it. Except a dude just a little hair more relaxed because he doesn't really seem to give a fuck even when things are going wrong. So you're like the dude with anxiety is what I would describe you as. Basically. <laughs> like if the dude had anxiety, that's that's this guy right here. If next he was to extremely neurotic. Yeah. Is this autoerotica or... Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> These, uh, you too. <laughs> uh, so let us know what you think of The Big Lebowski. It's a classic. You can't go wrong with it. It's always a fun movie to watch every yeah. time. Like, it's never a disappointment. And I think I'm like you. The first time I saw it, it was like, what's going on with this? Because it wasn't like flat-out humor. And I could see how a younger person could appreciate it, but... Until you've been through some fucking hard times in life, that's what makes this movie so much better. Is like, you know, you're when you're scraping by with your existence being abysmal, and you're like, this fucking sucks. Then you watch that, and you're like, man, somebody out there gets this shit. I appreciate yeah. that. I think that's the number one reason this movie works so well. It's relatable. Well, there you have it. Good night, everybody. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Frog Brothers Podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it if you could like and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. And if you're listening on the audio feed on Spotify or Apple or Twitter or wherever you listen, tell your friends and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube at youtube.com slash thefrogbros. 
Hit us up on Instagram at Frog Bros Podcast, on Twitter at Bros underscore Frog, on TikTok at Frog Bros Podcast, and follow us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group, Frog Bros Video, by searching just that, Frog Bros Video. Hit request to join and you'll be approved. We have shirts available. The link is in our Instagram bio and below in the description. And you can find stickers on Etsy at Frog Bros, all one word. Additionally, if you'd like to give us a call and leave a voicemail soon, our Patreon will be live and we'll be posting monthly responses and reactions to the voicemails. Dial 816-832-5388.